Okay, it's episode 80. You're going to notice there was no intro music. This is a Riley solo dolo. I'm riding on my dolo episode. I got no Benny here with me. I'm doing it off my phone so I can't play the intro music and record at the same time. We It's a two-man operation with only one man. I mean, you guys are welcome for not having Ben here because, I mean, he's the fucking worst. But at least he works the ones and twos for us. At least he's he, he he's the sound audio technician. Which is why today's sound is going to sound better. Because Ben's not working the sound. But there is no intro music because I could not figure out how to do it on my phone and record on my phone at the same time. <clears throat> so we're back. It's episode 80. I'm riding on my dolo. It's just me in the studio. It's just me here in Flexville. What can I say? I'm doing my best here, everybody. Benny has some prior engagements. You know how this guy loves to leave the podcast. He was scaled of COVID. He he has some, some things he's got to deal with. Anyway, this week was not a good week for Benny. And I said, you know what? I gotcha. I can do a solo dolo episode. No problem. Actually, it's probably going to be better. Because we don't have that moron to listen to. We don't have that moron to interrupt and laugh and do his dumb shit we just got the realness it's riley riding on his dolo the realness so i don't know if we had already fact checked this or not i know we spoke about it but the first fact check note that i have to get out of the way was how mike loves alistair overeem uberim they call him because he did so much fucking steroids the guy looked like Barry Bonds. He came into K1 kickboxing looking like a just athletic dude. And then three years later, his head was the size of a beach ball and his shoulders were bigger than Brock Lesnar's. So they call him Uberim because he got so fucking big off all the juice. Anyways, we were talking about how often this guy gets knocked the fuck out. Mike loves him. He was a great kickboxer and Mike loves watching K1 kickboxing. So we were kind of making fun of Mike because he loves Uberim. But we were saying, who has Overeem been knocked out more than Adesanya has knocked people out? And in his career in the UFC, outside of the UFC, I don't know, but in the UFC, Izzy has four knockouts, and Uberim has been knocked out 15 times. So it is a dramatic difference. Again, I'm not sure if we talked about this or not, but I just wanted to get it out of the way so we can double down. If we've talked about it before, you're welcome. Just listen to it and shut up. If we haven't talked about it before, well, there's the facts. Izzy, um, what is that, three, almost four times not, has knocked out people, or uh, Uberim's been knocked out almost three, maybe four times more than Izzy has knocked people out. People want to call Izzy boring and all that, whatever. His striking is just so far and above. I feel like now that I say that, I feel like we've talked about it before. But anyway, now that his off the juice, Uberim has a glass chin. It's made of porcelain. He loves being knocked out. Anyways, again, talked about it or not, we're going to move on. What we, what I really wanted to fact check was the whole Woody Allen thing. How Mike wants to fuck his stepsister because he's fucked stepsister, stepdaughter, stepmother, how this is like a thing in porn. I mean, obviously none of them in porn are actual. It's just two porn stars. It's the same as the pizza delivery guy. If you think that guy is actually delivering pizza and then just happens to fuck these girls, you're an idiot. If you're watching this stepmom, stepdaughter, step whatever, 
and you're like, oh my God, they're fucking their relatives. You're an idiot. It's a shitty, stupid porn sketch. It's not real. But anyway, Mike loves fucking his stepsisters and he loves step porn, apparently. And that led us down into talking about Woody Allen. Now, I knew this story was fucked when I first brought it up. That's why I knew it would be good potty material. But doing some research, it is so much more fucked up than I ever thought. Okay? So, in 1980, Woody Allen married Mia Farrow. Mia Farrow was a big-time actress at the time, apparently. She had been married prior... And in that previous marriage, they adopted Soon Yi Previn. Now, there's a good Irish name for you, Soon Yi. Guess where she's from? Korea. Anyway, Soon Yi was adopted from a previous marriage, or was adopted by Mia from a previous marriage. She just so happens to be 35 years younger than Woody. Also, Woody. Anyway. So the Mia and Woody had been married for the, they they I can't remember exactly what it was but they were married for a good amount of time. But the marriage came to an abrupt end when Mia left Woody. Mia left Woody. Like listen to these fucking names. Hollywood is fucked. But the marriage came to an abrupt end when Mia left Woody after finding nude photos of Soon Yi. In Woody's house. Okay, just listen to these sentences. When Mia found nudes of Soon Yi in Woody's house. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? These people are fucked. So, Woody Allen marries Mia Farrow. Her daughter, so his stepdaughter, her adoptive daughter, his stepdaughter is sending him nudes. Mia finds them and leaves. So already, what I said, it's so fucked up. That what a what a fucked up thing to do. But like I said, it gets so much wilder after that, and it's about to get so much wilder. So when she found the nudes, it became a public story. Obviously, these were big names in Hollywood: Woody and Mia. <laughs> big <coughs> Woody and Mia were big names in Hollywood at the time. Woody denied that there was anything between them. Six months later, marries her. Marries his own stepdaughter. Six months after saying, nah, there's nothing between us. While there's nudes in his house. Imagine the fucking Donkey Kong-sized balls you have to have to be caught with nudes being like, nah, there's nothing between us. You're wrong. And then marrying that same woman you deny. He's got fucking Donkey Kong balls. Um, but no, it uh, again, this story just gets crazier and crazier and crazier and crazier. So he denies anything between them, marries her. Woody and Mia go on to make 13 movies Together. He's like a writer, director, and she's an actress or whatever. So this dumb broad finds nude photos of her adopted daughter in her current husband's household. 
accuses him of it. He's like, nah, you dumb broad. Nothing's going on here, you see? And she's like, okay, let's make 13 movies together. I mean, man, money fucking talks, I guess. Then, Woody marries the bitch. Okay, I said like six months. They didn't make 13 movies in six months. So the timeline's a little fuzzy here. But then, Woody marries Soon Yi. She finds the nudes, leaves them. They make 13 fucking movies together with Woody married to her own fucking daughter. It's still gonna get crazier than this. Woody's daughter with Mia Farrow, they had a daughter in their marriage, whose name, again, fucking Hollywood. Woody, Mia, Sunyi. Woody and Mia have a daughter. Name her Dylan, of course. Good, good, solid woman's name. Dylan Farrow comes out and says that Woody sexually abused her when she was seven. Seven years old, Woody sexually abused her. So, this fucking guy, I mean, he's got a thing for the young puss. He likes him a little young. But again, the Donkey Kong balls on this guy. After denying that he was ever with Sun Yi and then marrying her, after all of this, he gets accused of sexual assault on a seven-year-old Dylan woman, Pharaoh, Woody, with his fucking Donkey Kong balls, comes out and does like an interview or a press conference or something, and he blames Mia Pharaoh for concocting the story and making Dylan say this. He blamed Mia Pharaoh for <laughs> forcing her daughter to say that he assaulted her when she was seven. This dude has the his balls are bigger than Uberim's head. This guy is like, nah, nothing going on between me and Sun Yi, you dumb broad. Marries Sun Yi. So clearly there was something going on. And then his own daughter is like, yeah, he also sexually assaulted me. He's like, nah, her mom made her say that. This guy is the world's biggest piece of shit. But this goes to show how awful Hollywood was. So like I said, the timeline was a little fuzzy with the 13 movies. This goes to show how fucked up Hollywood is. After he marries his own stepdaughter, after he denies knowing her, whatever, he goes on to make 13 movies. Huge blockbusters. The guy makes millions, hand over fist money for the producers, for the actors, for the actresses. The amount, it's like Harvey Weinstein and the Oscars. The amount of people that thanked Woody Allen for helping their career. Blah, 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 blah. Not until his own daughter accuses him of sexual assault. Even then, nobody cared. Even then, he was still a figure in Hollywood. He goes, nah. His, her mom put him up to... Then he was finally kicked out. And not kicked out of Hollywood. Or not kicked out because of Hollywood. Kicked out because society. You know, we're living in a society. Society was like, okay, man. This guy is too fucked up. Like, we need to get rid of him. Stop 
talking to him. Stop making movies. Like, we, what the fuck? So he, he fled somewhere in Europe again. I didn't do so much research before this episode started. I was just blown away by the story. But Woody Helen is a fucking piece of garbage. And so he makes these movies. He does all of this kind of stuff. And not until society finds out that he abused his own seven-year-old daughter. He marries his stepdaughter, sexually abuses his own daughter. And then people are like, okay, that's enough, Woody. The movie Ants was good, but it's not that good, okay? It's not marry your stepdaughter, abuse your own daughter good. It's a great movie. The ants go marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah. We slaughter termites just for fun, hurrah, hurrah. It's a great movie. But it's not marry your stepdaughter, assault your own daughter good. So then people were like, okay, Woody, get the fuck out. And that, but that was all that happened. So he flees to Europe with his millions and millions. He's probably living in a villa on the beaches of fucking, I took a pill in Ibiza. Like this guy, he's living a great life. So Hollywood is fucked. Woody Allen is fucked. Overeem sucks. And that's the fact check. And coming, I'll come right back, and I got some wild are you garbage. I got some wild shit that happened in my own life personally. We got a little bit of UFC to talk. Anyways, I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. Quick little smoke break there after the fact check. Like I said, we, I got some wild things that happened in my own personal life. There's a reason why this podcast is a little bit late. It's Tuesday. It normally comes out, you know... Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, or Monday. <laughs> we're not very consistent. We try to be consistent. At least we're doing one a week. Anyway, there's a reason why we're a little bit late today, and it was because Ben bailed, and I was going to do it yesterday. But I had a great day yesterday with the fam. My very pregnant wife, me and the dog, we had breakfast together out on our deck here in Flexville. We got great patio furniture, great deck furniture, <clears throat> we ate breakfast out there, I went to the grocery store, I bought some stuff, we went on a little picnic, we go over to my parents' house, we have dinner there, we come back, we're watching movies, uh, you know, a little scuffle happens, yeah, that's what happens in relationships, but that's not what this is about, but no, there was some wild stuff that happened in my own personal life, some wild are you garbage, you know, shout out to Kippy and Foley, We've talked about them before, the Are You Garbage Guys. The new hottest podcast out there, obviously, other than We Want All the Smoke. But these guys are some fucking funny guys. And they're asking the questions. We played the game on here. Are you garbage? So I'm going to put it out to you, smokers. Benny, you're going to respond to this on the next episode. Um, I want Sus to respond. I want Mike to respond. I want Brittany to respond. I want, I want, I mean, we only have like three smokers. But I want you all to respond to this question. Is it garbage if you swim in your neighbor's pool? Now, that's the question, but I'm going to give you some context. The name our my parents' neighbors went away. Like, you know, they 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 got they got money. We don't. And so they went away. And they were like we're going to be gone for 6 weeks or whatever. If you want, like they, my my dad and them are very close. They he helped us when we ran out of power. We helped them when their dog ran. Like you know, it's it's we we got a good give and take relationship with these guys. They're 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 very good people. 
But they're like, we're going away. Can you come over, turn the water on in the pool so it doesn't get that, like, green scum? Can you shock the pool? Well, you know, like, he's asking my dad to kind of take care of the pool. And then he was like, also, feel free to use it whenever you want. So we're, so the, are you garbage? Is it garbage to swim in your neighbor's pool? Yeah, obviously, if you don't have permission and you're just jumping in when they're not there. The most garbage. But is it garbage to swim in your neighbor's pool even if you have their permission? Me personally, I did not want to do it. I felt like such trash. I felt like, you know that Jerry Seinfeld joke when uh, if you're in, the people in first class, if you're in coach, and then at, when the flight is about to begin and they close the curtain and they give you that look, the look of, if you just tried a little harder, if you just worked a little harder, maybe you would be up here. And they close the curtain. Like, that's how I feel when it's like your neighbors are like, hey, you can come swim in my pool if you want when I'm not there. feel like, eh, if I just worked a little harder, I could have my own pool. Again, shout out to Glenn and Anita. The pool is, they have their own pool on the way. It's being installed in like a couple of days. So, again... That makes us a little less garbage. We're like, oh, we'll use yours until ours installed. But anyway. Is it garbage to swim in your neighbor's pool? So Brittany, being very pregnant at this point, she's almost in her third trimester. We went on the hike with the dog. Like I said, it was a great day. Little picnic, whatever. But it was a fucking hot day. And I'm just a fat guy. And I'm sweating bullets. She's pregnant, so she was also uncomfortable. I'm the same size as her, but I'm just the same size because I'm a fat, lazy piece of shit. She's that size because she's growing a god king. So she could not have been more down to go jump in the pool. I was beside myself embarrassed because the neighbors are coming home that day. If They're like, we're gone for six weeks. We went into the pool on the very they're like we'll be home by six o'clock we went into the pool at like four o'clock so i'm beside i keep looking at the house i keep like if they had come home and i was in their pool i would have just grabbed a bunch of rocks put them in my pocket and sunk to the bottom and drowned myself i would rather them find my dead body in their pool than find me in their pool because i i was just I was so embarrassed. But also, it was a hot day. I'm sweating bullets. My pregnant wife wants to go for a swim. I'm not going to like, hey, go for a swim by yourself. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go with you. Also, you know, I'm trash. So I do enjoy a good swim, even in an above-ground pool. And even if that above-ground pool belongs to my neighbors. So, yeah, we go about the swim. But this is when I find out just how garbage the woman I'm having a baby with is. So she's so down to swim in the neighbor's pool. If the neighbors came home when she was in the pool, Brittany would be like, hey, come on in. Like, she's so garbage, it didn't bother her at all. It gets way worse. I start to realize just the level of trash I'm marrying. (sighs) Brittany's swimming around in the neighbor's pool, goes up to the edge of the pool. They have like little kids' flippers and goggles and pool toys all over the edge. Brittany starts like playing with the kids' toys. 
she starts throwing rings in the pool. You know those little rings that like have a weight at the bottom so they kind of float upright so you can swim down and scoop them up like you know those? She's like throwing those in the pool. She grabs a spray-on sunscreen and applies the neighbor's sunscreen to herself. Now, mind you, we've been in the pool for probably about five minutes. So she's soaking wet. So she does this spray-on sunscreen that also belongs to the neighbors. And guess what? It doesn't absorb into the skin because she's soaking wet. So she has these white... <laughs> it looks like she's sweating white out. There's these white streaks running all over. And I go like, did you just use the neighbor's sunscreen? And she goes, well, it was there. They told us we could use the pool. The sunscreen's there. That's what she said. And I'm like, yeah, their kitchen is there. Why don't you just go grab a drink from the fridge? Like, they let you use the pool. She is taking liberties. She's helping herself to the toys. She's helping herself to the sunscreen. And I'm just there in shock like, oh, I'm marrying into trash. It gets worse. So you know the strategy when you go underwater, you exhale out your nose. And it creates those little bubbles. like, And it kind of prevents water from going up in your nose. Like they say, if you want to do a somersault in the pool, while you're going upside down... If you just did nothing, massive amounts of water would flood into your nose. So what you do is you exhale out your nose so air is coming out so water cannot go in. You know, very viable strategy in the water to prevent water from going up and touching your brain. Fine. So Brittany is swimming around, going underwater, playing with the other people's children's toys in the pool. Pops up out of the water. And guess what's in the guess what's in the corner of her nostril? She's got a bat in the cave. There's a bogey there. Ew, troll bogies. She's got a booger hanging out the side of her nose. And I go, hey, Brittany, you gotta pull one of these. You know, like when you when you see someone with spinach in the teeth and you just kind of motion to your own teeth so they clean it out. I I do one of those. Hey, Brittany, you got and I'm just like pinching my nose like remove you got a little booger there and you you know and so what i'm doing with my hands is like pinching my own nose rubbing my own nose like get rid of that booger as in that is how you should deal with it you should deal with it by just rubbing it or pinching it or whatever and pulling at your nostrils you know like i'm doing like that's what i'm doing like do do one of those things get rid of the booger Brittany dunks her head underwater. There's a massive amount of bubbles. She pops back up. No bat in the cave. No troll bogeys. I don't know if you guys are on the same level as I was when this happened. But I was like, did you just blow your nose underwater? Yep. She had a booger on the edge of her nose, dunked her head underwater, and blew a snot rocket in our neighbor's pool. 
after using their sunscreen and pool toys. She blew her nose underwater in their pool. I mean, you gotta give it to her, it worked. There was no troll bogeys in there anymore, so it worked. But I was just like, oh my God, let's leave this pool right now. This is a level of garbage that I have never experienced before. Now, we did the are you garbage questions. I answered like yes to all of them. I grew up garbage. I am still garbage. So, you got to give credit where credit's due. It worked. I'm on Brittany's side here, but I was just blown away at the amount of garbage that is my current pregnant wife. I could not get over what my eyes were seeing. Anyway, that was my wild shit that happened in my life. We had the great day with the dog, going on a hike, eating breakfast in Flexville, going to my parents for dinner, having a swim in the neighbor's pool. It was a great fucking day. But also, at the same time, I just, I realized I am marrying someone who is, believe it or not, more garbage than I am. That was what what had happened. And again, like I said, there's more wild shit that had happened in my life. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to come back and I'm going to tell you what the fuck happened in my life. And then we're going to recap a little UFC. And that'll close out the episode. I can't do Reddit sex without Ben. Reddit sex is my favorite thing. If I could, I would do a whole hour and a half podcast just on Reddit sex. But I need the man working the ones and twos. I need... Benny, I need not so gentle Ben here. I need, uh, you know, we're like I said, it's a duo. It's Riley the gender bender and not so gentle Ben. He's working the ones and twos. I can't really do that. So I need Benny here. So I, I, the best part about our podcast has now become the Reddit sex. I cannot do that without Ben. So I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you a little more piece of stuff that happened in my life. We're going to go about the UFC and then I'm going to end it. So sorry guys, no Reddit sex, but that's because the not so gentle Benny can't be here and uh, we'll make up for it next week. Anyways, I'll be right back. Okay. And now I am back And like I said, I went through my own wild shit that happened in my life. My own are you garbage. I did the fact check. And now I did want to describe one more wild thing that happened in my life in these past couple days. I I feel like I'm George Costanza. I feel like I'm living in a sitcom where what is happening to me is so fucking wild. So I've mentioned it before on the podcast. I, I said we're going to talk about UFC. We'll get to that. But I've mentioned it before on the podcast, how at my work, it's like a conference center. So it's a big place, a big building, lots of root, like lots of, um, you know, what am I trying to say here? Lots of places to have a, a wedding or a birthday party, like lots of really big rooms like that. Big empty rooms. So it's most of the building is empty most of the time because we have these conference rooms and all of this kind of uh, kind of stuff but again I mentioned it on the podcast how wild the bathroom situation is 
And anyone who knows me knows I have a lot of bathroom anxiety. Anyone who's listened to the podcast knows I have a lot of bathroom anxiety. When you can make noise in the stall, when you can't, how you have to end up sitting in the stall longer than you want to because there's people there. You're sitting on top of the toilet while your own dunk is in the toilet, but you got to be quiet because someone came into the bathroom. I got a lot of bathroom anxiety. This is just a quick little aside. But I go into the bathroom... And now an employee who I know and who works there often and who's uh, the general manager's right-hand man, we'll call him James. I don't want to say any names. Okay, so this is how I know it was him. On my way into the bathroom, I hear James. He's whistling, walking down the hallway. Again, it's a big room, so he's very far down the hallway. I walk into the bathroom, go into the stall. I got a dunk. 30 seconds later, I the door opens, so vroom, clenching every muscle, everything goes silent. I'm just sitting there in the stall in silence. Door opens and it's... So I know it's James. It's still me in the bathroom, still in silence. But now I know it's him who came in because I saw him. I saw him whistling. He The door opens and I hear the same whistling. So I know it's him. He's an older man. Not like that old, but he's probably 50-ish, mid-50s. I hear him walk up to the urinal. And I hear fire hose level of piss hitting the back wall. He just, he walks up. Stops. It was that quick. And then they hear like, and then stops. Stops. And then I hear, come on, James. Come on, James. And then urinal flush. Walks over, washes his hands, and leaves. So I'm assuming this guy has, like, prostate cancer. Because he was literally coaching himself into pissing. Again, his name isn't James, but I literally heard, like, the... Come on, James. Like, he said it out loud. Like, he's coaching himself into trying to get this piss out. And then... As he is, after washing his hands, as he is leaving the bathroom, the door, he pushes on the stall that I'm in. I immediately, my hand shoots out and blocks the stall door. Like, you cannot trust those locks. But I can only assume that as he's leaving, he somewhat realizes there must be someone in that stall and he goes to test the door to see if he's right or not. Because he must have been embarrassed that he just fucking motivational spoke himself into pissing in the urinal. And now he's realizing someone had heard this. And so he was a little embarrassed, but as he's like trying to push the door open to see if it works. And then boom, leaves the stall. I give him a solid 30 second head start. I make noise. I flush. I wash my hands. I leave. And the look... 
in his eyes, when we met eyes, because he had walked into the kitchen, the kitchen isn't too far from the bathroom, so I walk into the bathroom, he's right there. The look in his eyes was none other than pure shame, as well he should feel, but was pure shame. So I knew he must have only been checking that bathroom door to be like, fuck, someone was in here and heard what was going on. Anyways, James, if you're listening, I know that's not your name. I know your real name. I'm going to say it later. I'll say it to you. But James, if you're listening, go to the doctor. You got cans. But anyway, what I wanted to talk about was more wild shit that happened in my life was uh, more UFC shit. So I leave work that day and I knew it was the big, it was UFC 277. It was Amanda Nunes uh, versus Juliana Pena. Amanda trying to get her second belt back. Amanda's still the GOAT woman. And so the first fight between Amanda and Juliana, I think, this is a good fact check, was it the biggest um, odds favorite in UFC history? So was it the biggest odds... Sorry, I'm trying to write and talk at the same time. Biggest odds fave in UFC, Amanda Pena. Anyways, the first time they fought, it was something like Amanda was a minus 1,700 favorite or something like that, which means when it's a minus, it means if I were, it all goes by $100. So if I was to bet $100 on Amanda winning, I would win $1,800 because she's a minus $1,700 favorite. So I, or no, 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 sorry. The minus is I would need to risk that. And the plus is you would need to risk that. So a minus 1700 means I would need to bet $1,700 on Amanda to win 1800 So the negative and the plus, so the negative is that's you need to risk this to win 100 And the positive means you need to risk 100 to win this. So let's say Amanda is minus 1700 If I risked... $1,700, I would win $100. And let's say uh, Juliana is a minus 12, is a plus 1,200. It means I would need to risk 100 to gain that 1,200. So anyway, I think it was one of the biggest odds differential in UFC history the first time they fought. But Amanda was the double champ. She's the greatest female to ever fight in the UFC. She had just had a daughter. She had just bought a gigantic mansion. And she herself was like, I was going to the gym once or twice a week. Like, she was Mike Tyson. Like, she did not care or take the opponent seriously at all. And Juliana Pena punches like a fucking brick shithouse. And what happened? Amanda faced off and Juliana hit her. Like, Juliana had everything to prove. She was the biggest underdog the UFC has ever seen. Amanda had nothing to prove. She was the biggest favorite the UFC had ever seen. She came from nothing. She came from poverty. She came from are you garbage? Now she has everything. Wife. She has kid. She has mansion. She has two belts, she has the Modelo contract, like, she's making fucking money, she's living her life, and Juliana wants that, but doesn't have it yet, so Juliana 
beat the shit out of her. Now, the rematch is happening. UFC 277. The rematch is happening, and people are saying, well, Juliana beat her once. She's going to beat her again. The odds were very different. I mean, Amanda was still the favorite, but not nearly as much, and there was a lot of people saying Juliana is going to solidify the fact that she's better than Amanda, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just thinking, are you fucking nuts? Amanda, with something to prove, is the scariest woman on the planet. She's John Jones of women. There is not a more, like, you know, they say the heavyweight boxing, if you unify all the belts like uh, Tyson Fury, like, you're the baddest man on the planet. And then if you're the men's heavyweight champ in the UFC, you're the most dangerous man on the planet. You know, like, they give these unified champs, they give them these nicknames. The baddest man on the planet, the most dangerous man on the planet. Amanda is the scariest, dangerous... She's all of them for the women. There's nobody on the planet as a woman who could beat it. Like, Amanda would beat at me. I know I would fuck up Rose Namajunas. I know I'd fuck up Valentina Shevchenko. Like, all of the... I'm not afraid of them. But I'm very afraid of Amanda. She's so badass. And now you give her a reason to want to fight? The first fight, she said she's like one or two weeks... Or one or two days a week in the gym. Now you're giving her a fucking reason. Now she's five, six days a week in the gym. And you think Juliana has a fucking chance? Wrong. I was able to watch. So I came home. I figured I was just going to have to illegally also shout out to anyone out there who wants to watch any fight. Boxing. K1. UFC. WBC, any sanctioned fight, it doesn't matter what the fuck it is, it could be in a gym in a high school, any fight you want to watch, it's MMACore.com. Now, I hope that site doesn't get blown up. I know we have legions of followers, and if our legions go to that site, it might get shut down because it's illegal. But MMACore.com is where I watch all of my fights after the fact. So I get home, I know the fight's happening, and I'm like, well, fuck it, I'll just watch it tomorrow. I'll illegally stream it, MMACore.com, tomorrow. No big deal. So I'm scrolling through TikTok, and I see Amanda Nunes in the octagon, stretching, doing the thing. Bruce Buffer is talking. Next thing you know, the music starts playing. Juliana Pena's walking out, and I'm like, is this real? I just happened to scroll through TikTok and come across some dude at home illegally streaming the UFC and then also illegally broadcasting it in a TikTok live. Shout out to whoever the fuck you are. I did. I obviously didn't follow him. I mean, fuck that guy. But whoever you are, shout out to you because I get to watch the main event of UFC 277. And it was a barn burner. Like like the story with Woody Allen, it's going to get crazier. Like the story of how garbage Britney is, it's going to get crazier. First, we'll break down the UFC, and then it's going to get crazier. 
I didn't watch any of the other fights. I, I mean, I did, like, after the fact. But at the time, I hadn't watched any. I'm just going through TikTok, and I see Amanda after her intro. And now it's Juliana's intro. And now it's Bruce Buffer introducing them. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm so fucking lucky. How did this come about? Anyway, first round starts. Amanda shows that her striking is world class. Juliana's striking is great, but Amanda's striking is head and shoulders above. She dropped her twice in the first round. Like she being Amanda, dropped her twice in the first round. Juliana's out there, kind of looks like desperation mode. She's just winging punches, boom, left, right, left, right, sprinting forwards. And while she's doing that, Amanda's like smiling takes one step back, lets her come in winging these wild punches, and then throws a looping overhand right. Ping! Juliana hits the dirt. Now, knowing that Juliana is a better grappler, like Charles Oliveira, Dustin Gaethje, or whatever, Amanda takes a step back. Let her up. The striking continues. Amanda's leg kick. Wabba! In the leg. Wabba! In the leg. Now Juliana is again feeling what looks like she's feeling a little desperation. Comes in the same thing. She blitzes in. She's sprinting. Left, right, left, right, left, right. Amanda takes a step back. Wabba! Right hand over the top. Ping! Hits Juliana in the dirt. Down she goes. That's the end of round one. Round two starts. Still on the feet. Amanda backing up. Counter-striking. She's just... Amanda's not really a counter-striker. Watch her fights against, like, Ronda Rousey when she knocked her out. She's putting the pressure on. Watch her striking Holly Holm. She's putting the pressure on. Watch her striking Cyborg. She's putting the pressure on. But Juliana is just this fucking pit bull who won't stop coming forwards. So Amanda has to switch her game up, and now she's a counter-striker. Now she's looking like Izzy Adesanya. Now she's sitting in the pocket and waiting. And she hit her, she's switching stances. She's normally leading with her left. Now she's leading with her right so she can hit her with that overhand right. Now, again, it looked like a cartoon. Juliana comes blitzing in. Amanda sits back, throws that overhand right. And it looked like there was someone in the rafters with a sniper rifle who shot Juliana. Her arms go, as soon as the right hand lands, her arms go flying. Her legs, like... She, he, she hit her, Amanda hit Juliana so hard, she was knocked off her feet. Her arms and legs and everything just goes flying. And boom, she's on the ground. But this is where I got to give credit to Juliana. Because for the next three rounds, Amanda was taking her down. Amanda, the greatest striker women's UFC has ever seen. Juliana, one of the greatest grapplers UFC grappling has ever seen and amanda is taking her down which goes to show just how hard juliana was actually hitting you're watching the fight and it's like okay amanda has clearly won every single round in the post-fight press conference amanda looks like fucking quasimodo her eye is split open there's a cut in her eye it's swollen it's twice the size as it normally is and it's like where did these punches come from it looked like amanda was dominating every round so you now you're seeing Amanda take her down, and it makes sense. Because apparently, Juliana hits like a fucking Mack truck. Those punches were really hurting Amanda. 
And I'm watching the fight, and I'm like, Amanda, why do you keep going to the ground? There was probably three times where there was a submission, like an arm lock, an arm triangle, like a uh, uh, Kimura, where Juliana was locking Amanda's arm. She was throwing that high guard. She was locking her arm, and Amanda's clear round three won, round four wins, round five won, like all of that. But she keeps coming close to being tapped out. And in my mind, I'm like, Amanda, stay on the fucking feet. Why are you going to the ground? Why do you... Amanda's the one initiating the takedown and then almost being tapped out. I'm like, why are you doing this? Then you see the post-fight press conference where she looks at Quasimodo and it's like, oh, because Juliana hits really hard and you wanted to avoid those punches. But Amanda, I think it was round three, Amanda takes her down and hits her with an elbow And it's one of those sweeping elbows. Like, she was not trying to hurt her with the elbow. She was trying to cut her with the elbow. You know those ones where it just goes like, like it's a clock. It goes from 3 o'clock to 6 o'clock. It just goes sideways. Like, she's not trying to mash it into her. She's not trying to hurt her. And it worked. This cut on Juliana's hairline was probably an inch and a half long. She split her open in such a disgusting way. That at the end, Amanda almost got her in her ear naked or some type of choke from the back. And as she's squeezing, it looks like someone turned the faucet on. Like it's not just dripping blood. Like she's squeezing so there's the pressure there. So it's forcing all the blood. It's just a solid stream of blood out of her forehead. Like Amanda sliced her up bad. And so then... Looking at the post-fight, Amanda's on crutches. Amanda's face is swollen. Like it, it was bad. Juliana deserves all the credit in the world. But it was like when John Jones fought uh, Gustafson the first time. He was like seizing in the backstage. There was that camera on him. His whole body is shaking. He's got the wet towel on his back, the ice on his neck, and they're taking him to the hospital. And it's like, okay, John Jones, you're clearly better than Gustafson. But hey, you're not leaving scot free. You're not. That's why, again, we're talking about Izzy striking being better. Izzy leaves a fight looking like he just got out of sparring. He was looking great. Maybe slight swelling, maybe a busted lip, but he's looking great. Amanda left that fight looking like she got into a fight with a fucking crowbar. So yes, she was clearly better than Juliana. Clearly. But she did not leave scot-free. She left, actually, like the Sopranos, she left very scathed. Anyways, the reason why this fucking uh, live stream on TikTok was so wild was that it's an illegal, this guy is illegally streaming it, and then he's also illegally broadcasting it on TikTok. Round one ends. This guy says to his girlfriend, who apparently was in the room at the same time, He goes, why don't you get up there and shake that ass for the boys? He's watching the fight with his boys. You can hear them talking the whole time. They don't know anything about the UFC. They're fucking morons. But he says to his girlfriend, why don't you go up there and shake that ass in between round one and two? This dumb hua goes, okay, walks up in front of the TV in a gray thong and starts shaking her ass on TikTok, just in the thong. I mean, she was wearing a shirt or whatever, but 
All you can see is just two jiggly butt cheeks. He has his boys there. So I just imagine the amount of times me and Mike, the amount of times me and Ben, the amount of times Colin, Daniela, like the amount of times the boys have been in the room watching UFC. If I just said to Brittany, hey, go shake your ass for the boys. And she was like, okay. And then takes her pants off in a thong, walks up and starts shaking her ass in front of everybody. Like this, it was fucking wild. And guess what? She did it between round two and three. She did it between round three and four. She did it at between round four and five. And she did it after round five. So, needless to say, it was the greatest stream I've ever seen ever. And I actually ended up giving him a follow. Because it was amazing. Not only am I seeing the UFC... Uh, not only am I seeing the UFC main event... I'm also seeing this broad shaking her ass on screen. It was amazing. I was rock hard because I love Amanda. And then I'm rock hard because I'm seeing this broad shaking her ass. It, it, was, it was amazing. Anyways, I had a wild week, as you can tell by the stories I have told. I'm riding on my dolo this episode. No, Benny. Benny, we miss you. I know I'm just joking when I say you suck and we don't need you here. We need you working the ones and twos. I fucking love you. I really miss you. That's the end of the episode today. Uh, That's the end of the solo dolo episode. I told you everything that I got. And, uh, you know, you can listen to us anywhere you get podcasts at We Want All The Smoke. You can search our names. You can, it's really not that fucking hard to find us. You can find us on TikTok at WWATS Podcast. Again, on social media, not that fucking hard to find us. You can type our name in. You can type the podcast in. Anyways, if you can't find us by now, you're an idiot. You know where to find us. We Want All The Smoke. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. I'm out. Here's a story how I was just making a rap song or just writing down a lyric when Devil Batman came from hell and smacked Robin out like a light bulb that died when the bulb ran out of power. Robin woke up and said to Devil Batman, what crime are we stopping in Coffin today? Devil Batman said, we are going to your mum's house so I can get jiggy jiggy with her while you, Robin, sit in the Batman car and read a porno book.